Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, another night, another night that I wish I was wearing a cup. The Lakers lost at home, uh, shorthanded to the shorthanded Sacramento Kings. The final was 116 to 111. The Lakers were in it for the vast majority of the game. At one point, the Kings held a double-digit lead. At one point, the Lakers held a double-digit lead. Uh, both teams just kind of traded blows there at the end of the game. The Kings were playing without DeMontis Sabonis. The Lakers still playing without Anthony Davis, uh, Austin Reeves, and Lonnie Walker. And uh, a head coach who knows how to coach down the stretch of the game. I, I really think, uh, you know... In most in most seasons, in most situations like this, with a rookie head coach, you would say, you know what, you're going to learn on the job, you know. Um, but the Lakers, at this stage of the season, um, they can't afford to have Darvin Ham be a hindrance on what they're trying to do. I thought his rotations down the stretch didn't make any sense. Um, he continues to go to these three guard lineups that are not working. Uh, he doesn't use timeouts uh, even to get guys rest down the stretch of these games. It's just it's just kind of a mess. And game in, game out, especially in these close games, it continues to be a problem. And yeah, like the context here is that you know the Lakers roster is bad and it's made even worse by the injuries, and that's that's worth taking into account. But this is still a team with LeBron on it. And with a LeBron James playing all NBA caliber basketball, it shouldn't take him scoring damn near 40 points a night for you to still be in games against a shorthanded Sacramento Kings team. And yeah, like I think they're good, but like they aren't a juggernaut. Like you, you shouldn't be taking moral victories with the Sacramento Kings playing without their best or second best player. It's just, I, I, I'm really sick of watching the same offense down the stretches of these games. Call a set. Call anything. Get Russ out of the game. Make a meaningful substitution. At one point, you bring in Juan Toscano Anderson for a possession that the Lakers needed a three-pointer in. For what? You're going offense to defense. You're subbing offense to defense, and you're taking out Max Christie on the offensive side, and he's been your best shooter to that point. I, I just, none of this makes any sense. And it's a lot of politics. Patrick Beverly gets to keep playing despite not being good at basketball anymore. Uh, Dennis Schroeder gets to keep playing. He outplays or he gets more minutes than Troy Brown last night despite being bad for the entirety of the time he was on the court. Russell Westbrook gets to keep playing down the stretches of these games despite just, like there was a possession that he shot three times on the same possession and only hit the rim once. It's just a mess, and it's the same mess that we get to see time and time and time again. When Avery was learning how to, to, to shit on the potty, what got frustrating was it was the same mistake over and over and over again. But at the end of the day, she three, she's three years old. She <laughs> That's what toddlers do. They continue to shit themselves. But no, in this case, we're watching an entire organization shit away in a, a season in which you're getting an extremely high level of play from LeBron James. The whole thing is really frustrating, and nothing seems to be changing. So we're all stuck here, banging our head up against this brick wall, and either we're going to get CTE, I'm going to hope for a concussion, so that maybe I can miss a game or two. 
because I don't want to keep watching the same close game, game in, game out, night in, night out, that ends the exact same way. It gets to five minutes or so left, and if a game is within five, you know how it's going to end. It's just a matter of which steps that are going to be taken to get there. And, and at some point, somebody's going to have to make an adjustment, but everybody refuses to. And I guess we're all just stuck here watching the same shitty movie, night in, night out. For more on the game, uh, Raj and I went kind of long in the post-game show, uh, breaking down some of the deficiencies down the stretch, uh, some issues and approach and all of that good stuff. So you're going to want to check that out on this feed. In the meantime, though, while you're here, I did write about uh, what I promised to write about last night about the Lakers not being involved in these trade rumors to this point and what might be going on there. Where have all the Lakers trade rumors gone? All around the sports coverage industry, publications are telling their insiders to dig up any trade rumor they can possibly find, and more specifically, the more often they can link to the Lakers, the better. Now that we are heading into trade talk season, the lack of any real noise has been impossible to ignore. So what gives? How can we be this far into a season without a trade having been made, LeBron James repeatedly calling out the front office for its inaction, and yet still be sitting here in relative silence? I guess I should mention here that the Lakers are reportedly among teams still interested in Cam Reddish. But even to that point, how interested are you actually if the price of Kendrick Nunn in a second rounder is not something you're willing to bite on? More to my point, though, given the opportunity facing the Lakers, you'd think there'd be more than this out there. So, again, where are the rumors and what should we take from the silence? Well, there are a few factors at play. First, the market. Tim Connolly, Mark Lohr, and Alex Rodriguez broke the NBA. If Rudy Gobert can fetch 37 or however many first-rounders, then just about any player who affects winning in any way is probably worth at least one. At least that's how settling general managers are going to feel. Combine that with the impact the the play-in game and the flattened lottery odds have had on the trade market even before that asinine deal, and it's probably going to take a while before things normalize. Anthony Davis' injury. Yes, optimism is on the rise for a Davis return, and if he regains the level he was playing at before he went down with James playing the way he has, then the Lakers would have a very real chance of playing their way into legitimate playoff positioning. From there, it would be hard not to favor them in just about any seven-game series, depending on what their supporting cast looks like. All that said, given how little it took for Davis to miss what will likely be 20-plus consecutive games, and as we've seen him return from injury only to head right back to the disabled list, no one can seriously claim to feel all that confident in his availability for the remainder of the season and into the playoffs. It's hard to imagine the Lakers will make any significant move until they see Davis back on the court and gauge the likelihood he stays there. Also, sports executives are eternal procrastinators. Semi-serious, mostly facetious question. If there was no trade deadline, would there be no in-season trades? Executives in professional sports love taking their time on tasks at hand more than just about anyone outside of college students, and even there, it's probably a push. Buyers are currently waiting for prices to drop. Sellers are hoping for more buyers to keep calling so they can keep their prices where they stand. Regardless of the end game, you just don't see teams make moves until they have to. Take Reddish, for example. The Knicks traded a first-rounder for him only last season. Now they're willing to part with him for contracts that match his salary, because they have to, and a second-round pick. For New York, why trade him now, given how low his value is? 
for other teams, given the way his stock has fallen, why not wait to see how much further it dips? So we wait. Now, as it pertains to the lack of new information regarding the Lakers' efforts, well, one of two situations might be playing out. Either the Lakers have closed off the streams of information as they buckle down as an organization, feels unlikely, or there just isn't anything new to report. There really are only so many ways you can say the Lakers are offering some combination of Patrick Beverly, none, or in some cases Russell Westbrook, plus maybe one of the two first-round picks for insert good player here. The other possibility, as painful as it might be to think about, is, well, help isn't coming. Maybe there isn't noise surrounding the Lakers because they aren't making the necessary noise. They've made excuses at every turn not to make a trade. Maybe we just haven't been getting the message. Either way, as soon as there is new information to relay, we'll have more to talk about. Until then, we can sit back and marvel at the only thing Gobert has stopped this year are any other transactions across the league. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Again, a ton of stuff up on the feed yesterday. You had Harrison and me go long on this subject about, you know, the the lack of trade noise and some of the stuff on Cam Reddish. Um, You had Raj and I go long after last night's game. Obviously this. Um, A little bit later today, we are, by the time you guys are listening to this, we are going to be recording a Lakers Lowdown. Um... More details on that will be coming onto the site here in a little bit as well. Um, And then we'll try to get you guys ready for the weekend with the hook tomorrow. So until then, and until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.